Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. All free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go. Another edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us. Uh, whatever station you're tuned in on this afternoon or online, glad to have you along. Opening segment of the show, sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of Southern Miss, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour. And we're proud to say very good friends of ours, and we highly recommend Dickie's as a great place to take your family tonight. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps Studios here in Hattiesburg and Laurel. The full gang is here with you today. Coming up later in the show, Joe Cashin. He is the play-by-play voice of Coastal Carolina. He'll give us a preview of Saturday night's football game, weather, a football matchup, uh, all things about the Coastal Carolina game. But first, I want to bring uh, head baseball coach Scott Berry on the Eagle Hour. One of the most exciting days in Hattiesburg is uh, when the baseball schedule is released. It broke loose this morning. Coach Barry uh, on the Eagle Hour to talk about that and many other things. All right, Coach, first of all, haven't talked to you in a while. Always good to have you on our show, and thank you for your time as always. Well, thanks for having me back on. All right, Coach, so I'm looking at the schedule, and uh, I'm looking at the first six opponents, and uh, that's Liberty, New Orleans, Illinois, Mississippi State, Dallas Baptist, Ole Miss. They didn't win but 200 games combined last year. And then on top of that, throwing the defending national champion. Uh, that is quite a start to the season. Well, it's uh, certainly a challenging schedule, uh, Bob. And, you know, that's kind of our goal each, each year that we, uh, that we set out to, to put one together. You know, we know it's got to be challenging if we want to be one of those. Uh, certainly considered at the end of the, of the season uh, from an RPI standpoint, just Everything that goes into the uh, the challenges of, of being in that selection room and, and being under consideration. So you can't go light, light on your schedule and expect to be there at the end uh, anymore. You've got to go, got to go heavy, and you've got to challenge it. And certainly, I think that our program's at that point uh, and has been for uh, several years now, where uh, you know we've we've we're accustomed to these kind of schedules. But this one is this one is pretty difficult. No question. Uh, outside of those games, uh, we talked to you last year. One thing you expressed not concern about, but uh, some concentration that you would have to focus on would be scheduling non-conference games since some of the traditional non-conference teams are now conference teams. So I see we have two games against Louisiana Tech, which I think everybody's happy to see that. Two games against Tulane, which is, I think, another great matchup and rivalry. Two games against Southeastern Louisiana, another excellent program. Two against UNO and two against Ole Miss. So uh, 
that's kind of the first look at what we'll see as non-conference uh, moving forward, correct? Correct, yeah. Of course, in there as well with Mississippi State and Alabama as, correct, as right. two other midweek ones. But, you know, where we had to buy three of those midweeks in, Bob, uh, normally uh, the first four non-conference weekends to start each year, we like to play three at home and one on the road. Uh, but this year I went for all four uh, to start the year weekends at home. So that bought us three three games on the schedule that we would have normally been playing on the road. And that pushed us to 31 home games. Right. I'm not thrilled about that because I really feel like that in in that four weekends, one of those need to prepare you for what's at stake on the road. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's like we like we've alluded to before, the challenges of midweek games and a lot of our conference opponents now were those midweek games. We've had to do some other things. So, now, this might be the only year where you'll see us at 31 home games for a while, I would think, because next year we'll go back to the three at home and, and one on the road, because I think it's important to, to let us learn how to do that. Of course, this year on the fifth weekend, we open up conference play on the road uh, against Texas State. So we'll just we'll rely on our experience and, and our uh and our veteran guys who who have been in the program and know what it's like, and uh, they'll just take it as another series, uh, regardless if all, all four prior have been at home. Right, only two road games really, almost in the first month of the season. So yeah, you're exactly correct about that. All right, Luke, get in here with Coach Barry. Hey, Coach. So uh, non-conference is uh, is very salty. Uh, the conference schedule. I, I guess just first, I would ask you. When you set the schedule out and, you know, you saw it, whether it was in a computer file or scribbled, and you saw all those Sunbelt teams, did it finally hit you that you're in a new conference and, and a, a premier baseball conference? Well, yes. And, uh, you know, Sunbelt has always been a good conference. But, you know, we've talked before now. Uh, don't I know people had not been happy with Conference USA, but from a baseball side of Conference USA, Conference USA has been a really good baseball conference. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and we've seen that in years past, but now with uh, the departure of ourself uh, leaving an Old Dominion, leaving Conference USA, joining a, a already strong Sun Belt, and then pulling James Madison in there with us, uh, I think you're going to you're going to probably see the Sun Belt being there at the five, six RPI league in the country. I'd be I'd be disappointed if we weren't from. Uh, uh, given the teams that are in there now. Two out of the last three weekends, uh, good. You get South Al at home. You get uh, Louisiana at home. But, I mean, you got to go to Texas State. They should have won the Stanford Regional last year. You're at Old Dominion in Norfolk. And then the other big one, you're out in Conway. So, I mean, those are three huge series with quality opponents on the road. Well, I'm going to tell you, every weekend is going to be a nail-biter, I can just tell you. It's going to be tremendous uh, challenges, both home and away. Uh, but certainly those three programs and those three weekends that you just mentioned are going to be really tough weekends. Texas State, I've never been there. Uh, you know, last year they probably should have hosted a regional, in all yeah. honesty. Uh, you know, they had a lot of six-year COVID guys on there, people that I talked to said they all had beards and they were all like 25 and 26 years old. So <laughs> like Old Dominion. Hopefully, yeah, so hopefully they've, uh, they've they've taken Social Security and moved on and, you know, they're a little bit younger, but, you know, Old Dominion I think is going to be uh, another 
challenge for us and certainly Coastal Carolina with the history that they have and the, and the product that they've put in on yeah. the field consistently year in, year out. National champion a few years ago. That'll be a great test for us. Last question for me. Kind of let our listeners know, I mean, it, it is something to be said between uh, you and, and Coach Lamonis, Coach Bianco, the fact that Mississippi State, Ole Miss, you know, on this uh, schedule, and just kind of for our listeners to know the dynamic, the mutual respect between all three programs. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just, you know, baseball has, has been one of those sports for as long as I know where the coaches still do the schedules. And, you know, there's not really any input from others, there's not a lot of bickering between guarantees and and that's uh, the financial end. It's it's basically, uh, you know, we're still that gentleman's game that we we have a respect for one another and we want to play one another and and uh, we're in control of that. So I'm thankful that that we are uh, certainly in playing those those programs. Uh, we inherit the RPI that they have, which obviously helps us and. Uh, you know, so it's a, it's a it's a great rivalry that's been a long, around for a long time here with all our programs. All right, Coach Mary, here's the Santa outside the the box question. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, how do you yeah. like if if a if a coach from crappy state U calls and wants to play you, and mm-hmm. they bring nothing to the table as far as RPI or anything like that? How how do you handle that? I mean, or do you do you get much of that where other schools call you oh, and go, yeah. look, Coach, you just it just ain't gonna work. I get that all the time. I get that more than I want, in all honesty, because we're one of those programs that can help those programs right. in RPI. And that's what they're looking for. In particular, they're looking for it on the road. Uh, and if they have a chance, you know, if they get a chance to beat us, just one of those three, and, Lord, if they take the series, then, man, they get big points for that, and we get killed for it. So, we're, you know, college baseball has become a business, guys. You know that as well as I do. And you have to do what's best for your program, and you've got to build that best schedule that you can with all the parameters that, that surround it. You know, that's that's your league. You know, that's your conference. And, you know, if you're not in a very good conference, and the majority, if you have 30 conference games built in from your conference and and your conference isn't very good, you better go outside. You better You better make up some points with other programs. But if you have a good conference that is pretty much stacked, uh, and, and we know, you know, there's about four or five of those conferences out there. They don't have to worry about it. They can go by, you know, they can go play uh, lesser competition and rack up the wins because they're going to be able to, to, to build their own case within their conference. So I get those calls all the time. Honestly, how I handle it is I tell them that I've already got somebody that I'm waiting on. Uh, and if it opens up, I'll call you back. And that's, and really that's kind of, honestly how we do it uh, with that and, and I try to reach out to those programs there is a website where uh, people are looking for games on these dates and we'll travel need them at home have good guarantees I mean I post them for every weekend and then take those calls and try to filter through and look at a four-year RPI of those programs that would fit best for us and what we're trying to get done we're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry. He's agreed to stick around for another segment. We want to talk about fall baseball. Also some uh, announcements uh, about eight new players that will be joining the Golden Eagle family here uh, in the 2024 season. Stay with us. More from head baseball coach Scott Berry on the Super Talk Eagle Hour.
Southern Miss to the top. All right, programming reminder, Eagle Hour will be on Camp Shelby tomorrow afternoon. We'll be joining Gerard, the midday show, to celebrate Veterans Day. Really always just a great, great event for us to be a part of, and we thank uh, Camp Shelby and the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum for having us down there every year. Really uh, always uh, look forward to that. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. They're on Hardy Street. You can shop them uh, seven days a week. You can also shop them online at campusbookmark.net. We're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry. Just had a look at the 2023 baseball schedule, which is always exciting uh, news here in Hattiesburg. Also, some more news yesterday, uh, Coach. Uh, but before we get to that, you did mention about you hope some players took Social Security and moved on. Speaking of people eligible for Social Security, I hear Gabe Montenegro is still around. <laughs> well, he's actually, yes, he's in school. Uh, he is here. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to get certified in all things, if you can believe this, to teach Spanish. So, wow. uh yeah, so he's, he is still around, and so I, I don't see him very often. I think he stays pretty busy with school, but he's continuing here. Yeah, he, oh, call, he called and asked good. me about Medicare supplements, so, you know, he's, he is, <laughs> he's keep, quite a character. <laughs> yeah. All right, Coach, uh, released this week, eight players uh, signed for the 2024 season, and uh, some really great kids there. And something you told me before we went on the show, I think the audience will enjoy hearing. Two of the kids you signed, their dads played baseball for you. They sure did. Uh, back in Meridian in 96 and 97, actually both of those young men who are now much older, their freshman year they played for Coach Palmer and myself. That was Coach's last year. That was a 96 team where we finished uh, runner-up in the national championship game there against North Texas in, uh, in, in Grand Junction at the World Series. But then the next year, my first year as a head coach, they were both sophomores. And, of course, their names are um, Dusty Culpepper, who was an infielder for us, middle infielder, kind of utility guy. And then uh, Jason Smith, who was a really, really good shortstop for us, played, I think Jason played eight years in the big leagues uh, with numerous teams. But uh, both tremendous, tremendous young men or players, men when they were at Meridian and and let me tell you something they've been great fathers because their sons are just like them uh, we're they're they're very good athletes but they're better people and we're we're just really thrilled to have both Cal Culpepper and Seth Smith joining our program uh, sounds really good also you you signed the reigning 5A Mississippi player of the year talk about him coach Dunsford talking mm-hmm. about TJ yes Dunsford. sir yes sir uh, yeah, uh, corner guy on the infield, really good hitter, known for his bat. Uh, you know, he's from East Central High School and uh, goes to school there. He's actually uh, lives in Grand Bay, Alabama, but he goes to East Central and Hurley and a uh, tremendous player and very excited about having him in here with us starting next next fall. All right, Coach, Coach, go ahead, Luke. Coach, we got to talk about it. I mean, you got another okay. Mustang signed up as well, so we need to talk about uh, West Jones, Lawson Odom. Oh yeah, you know he's uh, he's going to be interesting. You know what what he's going to settle in as he's a tremendous catcher. He also you know is a shortstop, uh, just a really good ball player that's been around baseball. Of course, he grew up next to Dickerson, and uh, and then Trey Sutton's been his coach, so you know he's been taught well. And we're we're excited about having Lawson in the program. And once again, another very fine young man who's going to represent our program on and off the field like we want it. 
Does it make you feel good in the off season that occasionally Bobby Dickerson goes out there and coaches up those infielders? How about that? That's pretty nice, isn't it? I'll tell you what, that's uh, that's a nice little perk if you have a, a big league coach's son playing for you. So. Yeah, for sure. Also, I should mention real quickly that the baby Ocklek monster is coming. Ryan Ock's little brother. He is. That's right. Although he's not left-handed like, like Ryan is or was with us, but Josh is a right-handed pitcher, you know, got tremendous upside. He's not as tall as, as Josh, but, you know, has that pitchability, has that competitiveness and that mound presence that that older brother has. So we're, we're excited about having Josh and, and another uh, fellow Minnesotan coming, coming south to play for us. Coach, not, not to talk about specific players, but about the team as a whole in fall practices. Has the skill set that this unit brought to the table surprised you in any way, and if so, how? Uh, you know, you know. Of course, we we returned a lot of position players uh, from last year's team. Got got kind of gutted on the draft as far as the uh, the pitching staff goes. So there's going to be a lot of new faces there. There's going to be some older faces. I say some older faces, some familiar faces that their time has come and they're ready to step up. Uh, you know, of course, Matt Adams really really gave us a shot in the arm last year at the end of the season. Uh, and he was kind of that late guy, had gotten set back with an injury, but gave us that fresh arm there at the end that really kind of gave us that momentum that we needed. Uh, Nico Mazza, who did not get much playing time at all, maybe, shoot, I think he might have got three, four innings last year. But you could tell that it was certainly there. The problem was is he had a lot of really good ones in front of him that were that were tested and had been proven at the college level. So he didn't get a lot of time, but he will this year and he's looked really good this fall. So but we've got a lot of young kids, new kids that have come in and even some transfers on the mound and and, and in the in the field that's gonna help us. So it's been an interesting fall. We're kinda of banged up right now. We're we're limping to get to the finish line, which is a week from Friday. We start our Fall World Series this Saturday, and those games will go Saturday, Tuesday, and then next Friday, uh, a week from tomorrow. But, you know, we're kind of banged up. You know, the unfortunate thing, we lost Chandler Best for the year. He he uh, blew out his UCL, which is Tommy John surgery, so we won't have him this spring. Uh, we've got some other injuries there that were uh, – that will be fine. They'll be back uh, in the spring, but it's kind of uh, installed the development and just everything that we were trying to do this this fall and trying to fit those roles and figure out who can who can help us win here and there. So uh, it's it's been a little bit uh, uh, frustrating, I guess I should say, because we've been so fortunate not having injuries in our program for three or four years. And Gosh, dog, it kind of bit us this fall, but hopefully we'll heal up for the most part and be ready to go this spring. And some of those guys that you immediately went to get were, you know, brought some pop, at least statistically on paper. They had a lot of pop in the bat. Is there anything that you've seen this fall that would not indicate that that will be the case again this spring with those particular players? Yeah, you know, I think what you what you find is and. and you're alluding to some JUCO players, I would imagine, uh, because those are the guys that we know about and have heard about. You know, I think what you, you see is we haven't seen the ball leave the yard uh, in the fall, in, in all honesty, uh, like those guys did at the their respective schools they were at. I think I think you see a couple of things. I think you see uh, two variables that affect that. Number one is the velo, 
the velocities that our guys throw versus the velocities where they've been at and have consistently seen. And then second of all, you know, our field is going to play and, and be bigger than majority of the fields that these guys play on where they've been, whether they're at junior college or even high school. So, uh, you know, I think those two factors play in. I'm not real worried about it because we didn't hit a whole lot of home runs last fall. And we put in these new lights, and they were showing me all this. When we hit a home run, that you can do all these flickering. And, and, and I was like, well, that's nice, but we don't ever hit any home runs. So I don't know why we spent that extra money. But you know what? I'm going to tell you what. I ate those words because I think we hit 81, 82 home runs last year, and we had several light shows. So the fall was about adjustments. You know, I've been doing this now for 39 years, and it seems like I keep learning. And, uh, you know, when you think you've got it figured out, you don't. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what the game teaches you. And that was no more evident than last year than what, than I saw myself when we just didn't hit many out and, and then came springtime and, and we were able to put on several light shows. So, uh, the World Series, uh, Fall World Series, that's open to the public. I know in the past. Absolutely. Ha- have yes, you not I raised some money for a breast cancer from my You know mistaken? what? And we're, I'll, I'll be honest with you, we're probably not going to do that this year. And it's not that I haven't forgotten it. I would like to probably do that in our fan appreciation day when we come back from Christmas. We're only playing a three game series. We were going to play a five five-game series, Bob, and we were going to do the, the annual Breast Cancer Awareness World Series, but uh, we had to we had to shorten it because of injuries. We're only playing seven innings, and I just didn't feel like that we would generate enough right. money or interest to do that, and maybe we can when we come back from Christmas break in January when we have our fan day and we do a scrimmage that maybe we can promote that as a, as a big time to come out and watch our Eagles, and let's let's try to help raise some money for breast cancer awareness. Okay, but you can't come to the World Series. That's open to the public, right? 100%. I would really encourage people to come. I, I, w- I wish we could pack the stadium uh, to have our guys really perform in front of that because there's a big difference out there scrimmaging against yourself in the fall with – you know, 100 people in the stands versus February 17th when we open up against Liberty, and there's going to be four or 5,000 people there uh, with with a lot of different atmosphere. Right. Is the draft going to be more fair this year? Or is Creel going to find a way to get everybody the, on what, his, his Well, we've, no, we've had the draft, and I think the parity is right there where it needs to be. It ought to be Good. an exciting time for sure. All right, Coach, we appreciate you very much. Uh, very excited about the new season. Hey, Bob, I want, to, I want to encourage people, give the gift of life, go give blood. I was there yesterday, and they are in dire need of blood. So let's help, let's help each other and All give right. the gift. Good words, Coach. Coach Scott Berry, everybody, head baseball coach at Southern Miss. Talk a little coastal Carolina football and stormy weather when we come back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right. I want to thank Coach Scott Berry for joining us on the Eagle Hour. Talk about the 2023 schedule, fall baseball. Always so refreshing to talk about our beloved baseball program and uh, what a schedule this year. Man, oh, man. Fasten your seatbelts. Yeah, you're not kidding. <laughs> Four Street Bar Grill sponsors uh, this segment of the show. 
It's a great place to have lunch uh, Monday through Friday, just $9.95. Plenty of food, always good. It's Southern eating at its best. Uh, it'll be a great place to hang out some this weekend. Uh, all the big ball games will be on TV, including the Coastal Carolina game, I'm sure, Saturday night at uh, 6 p.m. Joe Cashin does the play-by-play voice for Coastal Carolina, and he's gracious enough to come back on the Eagle Hour. And, Joe, before we talk about the game, I know when we talked to you at the first of the year, all the talk in the East was about Coastal and Appalachian State. I'll give you the chance to go ahead and say it now. Blah, blah, blah about Appalachian State, right? (laughs) Yeah, thanks for having me on again. We put those boys to bed. They're out of here. <laughs> you say Maybe that one. they'll get bowl eligible. Maybe they won't. I'm not concerned about it. So, so much love in your voice. We yeah. like you. We like you, Joe. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Coastal Carolina having another great year. Only one loss on the season. Uh, the Golden Eagles, I, I would think, are on their way out there tonight. Uh, before you talk about, well, tell us what you expect from from the from a game standpoint. But first of all, how's the weather going to be? The weather for the game is going to be beautiful. I mean, right now it's a little dicey with the tropical storm going to kind of blow up through here over the next you know forty eight hours or so. But by seven thirty Eastern time on Saturday night, it should be absolutely gorgeous. Tomorrow is going to be kind of weird, but yeah, you know, I'm thinking by late tomorrow night, early Saturday morning, you know, we should be just fine. Temperatures. Mid seventies, that's where it'll top out, and I don't think you could ask for better weather when these teams kick it off. Another great year for your team. Uh, what's what's been the strength? Obviously, obviously the offense, right? The offense, defense has played well at times, but you know we're having another great year from QB one, who I'm sure you were quite aware by now. <laughs> we're we're going to be without for the next three to six weeks, and he's having another fab, fabulous year. And you know we've overcome a lot of injuries at our running back position. That, that's really been the biggest thing for us. I mean, our running back room is on crutches and casts on arms and all this kind of stuff. It's the craziest thing, but we've been able to overcome that. And, you know, we've just been able to find ways to win in close ball games. Last year, we had a lot of blowouts. This year, not so much, you know. You know, we're winning those touchdown kind of games, you know, where there's a touchdown difference between the teams. And just, you know, yeah, the experience, the culture, you just find a way to win. And that's what this team has done, with the exception of just one week so far, you know, week in and week out through 2022. You know, when you look at the the news came out yesterday that QB one, as you mentioned, will will be out for the next three or four weeks, and then the the line jumped from like Southern Miss being an eleven point underdog to being like a five point underdog. And is it just me? I personally, and you and you know, that's why we've got you on the show. I don't see a huge huge difference between what QB one and QB two for the Chanticleers bring to the table. I can't see a big six-point jump in, in points. Do you? Well, that line dropped like a rock, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we were watching it, too. It's like, oh, goodness. You know, this dude has been ruled out for this game and for the next couple of weeks at the minimum. You know, there's a – Grayson is just different. He's a different player. He's a difference maker. You know, and it's hard to take a kid like that off a team and, and still be at that same level. I mean, I'm not – I don't say that as any sort of flight to Bryce Carpenter or Jarrett Guest, who you're liable to see on Saturday night as well. But, I mean, he just does things. Grayson does things that just have elevated us so much over the last, you know, almost three seasons as our starting quarterback. So you take him off the field, you take him out of the mix, and it's kind of a, an unknown thing, right? I mean, Bryce likely will start this game. He does a lot of running for us now. He threw a pass against App State. We got him on a little, a little pop pass kind of thing, but – Grayson is just, I mean, he's just the guy. 
you know, and it's hard to take a guy like that off the field and still be at that same level. But, I, you know, we feel really good about what we're going to see, you know, from our quarterback or quarterbacks on Saturday night. So it'll, it'll be interesting. You know, we have, we've had to play a couple, two or three games over the last two or three years, you know, since 2020, the Grayson's missed a couple of starts and, here we are again. You know, we'll just we'll see how it, we'll see how it goes. And it's interesting that you put the word you know you put the S on quarterback for you guys because I think for Southern Miss that's also going to be the case two three maybe four about the only guys that will not be quarterbacking are myself Luke Johnson or Bob Getty. But other than that, you know, you may have the same. They've, they've called me up. Oh, they have. Yes, okay, they have. so there's another one you can add to the mix. <laughs> yeah. The Chanticleers are going to face the same deal with Southern Miss. You don't know what you're going to get at quarterback. Well, I tell you what, Frank Gore Jr. looks like a good quarterback. I watched that Louisiana game. He dropped that thing right in there on those guys. I'm like, ah, <laughs> look at that. Louisiana's another team that I don't really like a whole heck of a lot. I was pulling for Southern Miss in that game. But, yeah, it's just kind of crazy how both these teams are going to – maybe you know, they might play revolving quarterback on Saturday night. Who knows what we're liable to say to that we don't like Louisiana either would be an understatement. <laughs> we really hate I South know. Alabama, but that's that's who we really despise. Right. Go ahead, is, that, is that the biggest rival? Is that Southern Miss' biggest rival, South? Well, Al? they they were beating us like the last three years. They beat us in like e gaming. They beat us in ping pong and chess. <laughs> they beat us in like all the varsity sports. So baseball finally finally did something. But uh, hey, let's talk for a minute because uh, you know Jamie Chadwell. He was at Delta State. Our athletic director has connections with him. And what has been just you know what is kind of his moxie that you know has has made this program the last three or four years, you know, nationally prominent as a top 25 team. What kind of makes him tick? He just, yeah, that's a fascinating question you asked because I was at practice yesterday. His high school coach was there, and I asked him pretty much the same thing. I said, what do you think makes him and has made him so successful? What did you see out of him in high school? Because he was a quarterback. Jamie was a quarterback, and he said, you know, he has leadership, and he knows how to organize. He knows how to motivate, like he, like almost nobody I've ever seen. And that's that was that was his uh, coach's uh, kind of a quote, kind of paraphrasing what he said. I mean, Jamie just has that it. You know, it's hard to kind of one of those things. It's hard to define, but you kind of know it out of a coach when you see it. The best ones have the ability to organize, to motivate, to create a culture. And I think I you know we I spoke to this and I talked to you guys earlier before the season started. I mean, Jamie just has it. You know, I mean. It, <laughs> There aren't many teams that are going to outcoach us. There aren't many teams that are going to outprepare us. And, and Jamie has a way of doing it wherever he's been. You, know, you mentioned Delta State, North Greenville, Charleston Southern, and now Coastal Carolina. He, he just has a way of getting the best out of what's in that locker room, going out and recruiting kids and turning things into you know, turning a team into a team that you know they win and they win a lot and look good doing it. Yeah, they really do. And and uh, I told you off air. I've always been intrigued with. With Chad Staggs, one of his uh, assistant coaches on defense, Skylar McGee, played with me at, at Southern Miss. So there's some Southern Miss connections there. But so in, in leading up to this one, analyzing from the coastal perspective, you guys eight and one, Southern Miss five and four. We just got blown out by Georgia State. You know what? What is Coastal aff- not afraid of? But what do they feel like they'll be challenged with with Southern Miss? And and how do you see Coastal responding to that? I think the biggest challenge on Saturday night from Southern Miss will be going against that Golden Eagles defense. I think they're really good. I mean, I know the coaches are talking about that. I mean, a lot of tackles for loss, a lot of sacks, and they're going to, you know, they're going to be going up against the Coastal offense with a, a quarterback that really isn't used to playing a whole lot of snaps, quite frankly. So that's that's a big concern for us. I mean, do we 
you know, can we spread it around enough? Can we get a running game going good enough to where we take the pressure off of Bryce or take it off Jarrett or, you know, whoever's out there taking the snaps at the time? Can we do that? You know, can we get something established? Can we protect the passer? We've had problems with that at times. We've had problems in pass pro, you know, especially in the loss to ODU. We weren't good there. Marshall put a lot of heat on us coming at our quarterback, but, you know, that Southern Miss defense, I think, is legit. I think they're they're for real. I, you know, I don't put a lot of stock in what happened last Saturday. Those kind of games happen. I mean, what happened to us? But that Southern Miss defense looks awfully good to us. And so that's going to be the challenge, again, with a couple of guys out there that uh, hadn't quarterbacked a whole lot. So we'll see. Interesting you bring that up. Uh, we were a little stunned at how badly Georgia State beat USM, but – like you say, Coastal suffered the same thing with ODU, and you've been around the league longer than us. We gather that's not that unusual in the Sun Belt to see these odd games. Anything can happen on any Saturday if you don't come ready, and that was just the perfect storm of events for us where anything that could go wrong did. And I don't want to take anything away from Old Dominion. I mean, they played better than us. They really did. They came off an off week. They showed up ready to go. We couldn't fit anything in the run game. Anything that Old Dominion wanted, they got. Every time it looked like we might be able to get back into it from an offensive standpoint, we would turn right around and give it back up on defense. It was one of those. It was one of the oddest things I've seen in the last three seasons. You know that ball game, and I and I was I was watching. I was kind of flipping around the the you know ESPN Plus last week just to kind of get a feel for what else was going on. I was watching Southern Miss Georgia State, and I thought. Well, that just looks like our game a few, a few weeks ago. You know, there's no reason for Georgia State to be doing what they were doing. There's no reason for that game to be going like that. But on any given Saturday in this league, if you don't show up ready, you know, teams are good enough to do that. Going to be an exciting Saturday night. Uh, we look forward to uh, watching the game here in South Mississippi, and uh, we thank you very much for your time, Joe. Hey, thank you guys for having me on. It's been, a, right. been a blast. Joe Cash and everybody, play-by-play voice, Coastal Carolina. I'm digging the new music. Yeah, we've got some doors going today. We'll be back. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment on this Thursday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBATHattiesburg.com. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Kelly Sander from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. If you missed it, we spent two segments with head coach Scott Berry of Southern Miss Baseball looking through the 2023 schedule, talking about Fall ball. If you missed that, you can go back and listen on demand at supertalk.fm later today, or you can catch us on uh, all those podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Audible. Eagle Hour on all of those platforms for you. Yesterday we talked to Southern Miss volleyball coach Jenny Hazelwood, her ladies, up in Norfolk, Virginia, to take on the Lady Monarchs of Old Dominion. 
Um, Lady Eagles looking to uh, get their eighth and ninth um, wins this year and, and give them some momentum going into conference tournament next week. They play today at 5.30 and uh, play tomorrow at 5.30 up in Norfolk. Southern Miss Cross Country team uh, competing in the NCAA South Regionals beginning tomorrow up in Huntsville, Alabama. Um, they will uh, be up there. And so uh, as we reported yesterday, Coach Gibson named the Sunbelt Cross Country Coach of the year. All right. Um, I'm going back, guys, just glancing at this uh, schedule again. And the reason I asked Coach Barry what I did about the conference, I mean, yes, Conference USA was was a good baseball conference. But, Bob, I, I asked you this, and you replied back uh, off air, I'm not sure I've seen pound for pound. You might have to go back into the old school Metro days, but even this one probably is the most, uh, from, from at least pre, you know, preseason glancings, from an RPI perspective, this is probably the beefiest schedule Southern Miss has ever put together. Man, there's no question. You you get out of these first dozen games, which we talked about all here, but well, except for two, Mississippi State and Ole Miss up in uh, one in Pearl, one in Oxford. But you get out of that, and then you know, uh, two weeks later, you're back into southeastern Louisiana, three games at Texas State, Georgia Southern, three games at home, Ole Miss. Troy, three games at Troy, southeastern Louisiana again, and then you go to Old Dominion for three games, and then Alabama. I mean, there's no break. Anywhere and and early in that schedule, you heard Coach Barry say that Texas State should have hosted a regional. At Texas State. And Georgia Southern did host a regional, yeah. but the uh, Eagles yeah. will, will come here. Old Dominion should have been in the NCAA. Term. Should have. So, again, where where is the where's the homecoming game, so to speak? You know, they're, they're well, it starts in April, Kelly. You're, uh, you have Louisiana Tech and Ruston, then three games with Coastal Carolina, then Tulane, then Louisiana Tech again, then Tulane, then South Alabama. No, I was saying, when is the homecoming game? <laughs> Apparently, there, there isn't and one. And, I mean, if, if this is what they decide to do, I mean, you're looking at that. You're looking at Southeastern Louisiana, Alabama, both state schools, Louisiana Tech and Tulane as your non-conference. I love the fact that we're going to play home and home with Louisiana Tech. Correct. And Tulane. And Tulane. Both schools. Yes, absolutely. And this and this is kind of off the subject, um, you know, going more toward football. But I can't help but thinking, you guys, this weekend, that it, it would really not surprise me if the Eagles went in there this weekend and won this game. Now, I know people are going, well, of course, you're no, going to say that this is a Southern Miss show. But it kind of sets up, especially as poorly as they played last weekend, all right, you got the QB two, which apparently you know is, is six points, not as good as as their starter, but you've also got a Chanticleer team that already has secured eight wins. They're safely in the bowl picture, regardless of what happens from here. And the Eagles have got to play with some urgency because they don't have that sixth win They're yet. They're probably safely in the championship game of the league. Yeah, for the right? East, yeah. for sure. So so they don't have as much to gain. And you can say, well, we're going to play hard no matter what. I get mm-hmm. what you yeah. say, but there's a, much more, there's a bigger sense of urgency for this Southern Miss team than there is for the Coastal team. So it would not surprise me if the Eagles went in there and won. You know, I James, agree with you. James Madison is a game and a half. Everybody's really a, uh, are, are two games, let's say, two games behind Georgia State and James Madison, two behind Coastal. And Coastal actually ends their season uh, with, with – I'm sorry, uh, James Madison ends the season with Georgia State and Coastal. So there, I say that to say there is still some, some incentive for Coastal to show up 
because if they were to lose this one, they would only have a, be a game up in, in the uh, But it the won't East. matter what James Madison does because right. they're not going to be in the championship. Yeah, they game. can't play for it. Right. Right. But but Bob, if and again, kind of a different matter. If if I was going through Midtown of Hattiesburg and I wanted like a breakfast treat and was hungry, I'm some, glad you bring that up, Kelly, because I'd go to Mo well, Bay Beignet. Do you, that's what you would suggest they, because you, when I went used, in and ordered the beignets, they would cook them right then. But Bob, notice he used the the word treat in the singular, right? Right. And, and if he goes to Beignet, ain't nothing going to be All right, singular. Real quick, let me put both of you guys on the spot. We're going to be down. I haven't mentioned this to you two. We're going to be down there next Wednesday broadcasting the Eagle Hour. They have requested a Beignet eating contest between you two, between Kelly and Luke. On the spot, guys, are you up to the Beignet eating contest next Wednesday afternoon? If there is like a predetermined like number of Beignet, if we're doing speed, I'm in. But I'm not doing quantity. I'll do speed. The most beignets you can eat in, say, five minutes. See, and I'm all over quantity. I'm I'm all over. Uh, is it on? Like, is it on? I'm in. Am I gonna Am I gonna sprain and pull my hamstring this time like I did? Put an abdominal muscle, perhaps. I'll, I'll be on these beignets. Okay, look, are you in? Is it official? Is it on? We can try. Yes, we'll do it. I'll be on these beignets like Oprah on a cheesecake, buddy. <laughs> Or Stacy April. Last night, she's looking for work, but the Falcons are looking for an offensive tackle. To the top in the show. (laughs) Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.